Great coaches ask great questions. Days at work are the days when the light bulb goes on for somebody else. Well, hello and welcome to the On and Not In It interview series podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Todd Eppert, and today I'm joined by Justin Powell, who is the co-founder of Huntington Billboards. Justin, thank you so much for joining us. Would you like to kick us off by giving us a little bit about your background and about your business? Oh, it's wonderful to be here, Todd. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, what what a privilege to be able to talk to you today. Um, I am the co-founder of Huntington Billboards. Um, I am 34 years old. I've uh, been in business for probably 25 years, it feels like. <laughs> um, I, I was telling a friend this morning, actually, I was saying, I said, you know, I there, there's people who, who um, you know, kind of were born this way. And then people who, who you know, kind of, they grew as they went. And I, I don't think I was born this way. I think my dad just chose it for me. He's, you know, you will be an entrepreneur whether you choose. So my dad was a banker. Um, he and his brother started a bank when they were in their 20s. And um, by the time I came along, you know, the bank had grown and that sort of thing. And I remember when I was six years old, uh, my dad goes, hey, Justin, you're going to come with me uh, to the bank board meeting. And I remember sitting there and he's like, you're going to take notes too. So he gives me a piece of paper. He gives me crowns. And I'm just sitting there, you know, making notes in my in my little crowns. And, you know, I, I was thinking about someone like, man, I'm looking back on that, looking back on those times. And I'm like, that whether or not I knew it at the time or not, like my dad was teaching me about business. My dad was teaching me what it meant to be an entrepreneur, what it meant to be a business person. And so, um, you know, as we as we went, uh, I, I I literally was eight years old. I'm going, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur. I could barely say the word, but that's what I want to do. So, um. You know, when I was very young, I started, you know, some small business. We grew up on a farm. So we had some farm markets, that sort of thing. Um, wonderful experience. That's that's where me and my, 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 I have, I've got five sisters and a brother, all younger than me. And that's where our partnership started. Um, and so to this day, I'm still in business with four of them. Um, and it's, 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 it's a, it's a wonderful privilege. And so, but anyway, went through college, got out of college. I don't know if you remember right, but it was right during, you know, 08. 09. Uh, it wasn't a good time. It was not a good time to uh, to be looking for a job as a as a new graduate. And so, um, you know, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, but my, you know, my dad and family, maybe you should get some experience. Well, it was wonderful that I didn't have a chance to get a job. There was no job. Uh, Todd, I'll never forget. You were talking about you. You have a son. Um, sounds like he's you know big big go get go getter get a getter and that sort of thing. But um, I'll never forget. I was, I was I was speaking at a bunch of colleges lately, um, and I, I looked at the students. I was like, "How many job opportunities do you have? Like, how many job offers are you getting out of college?" And they are looking at me, and they're like, "Justin, we're getting like three, four, five job, you know, chances." I got out, and I am sitting there applying to McDonald's, and they are turning me down because they had thirty applications. That's how bad it was. There's nothing like getting turned down from McDonald's with your bachelor's degree um, to kind of build your, 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 you know, your ego and your confidence. <laughs> it was, but you know what? Um, God works. I, I am a, a Christian. I believe that God works amongst tough things, tough experiences. And um, 
uh, there was no there was no jobs. And so I had to figure out what I wanted to do. And I'm 21 years old and I go out. I'm like, well, you know, if fine, if there is no job offers, if there is no job opportunities, you know, what do you do? You know what I'm saying, Todd? It's like, yes. what, what do you what do you do? Um, so so I was like, fine, I'll create my own. I will create my own job opportunity. And so, uh, you know, at that point, I, I had to figure out what kind of business I wanted to start, what kind of business I wanted to operate. And um, uh, I knew I, I knew a couple of things. I knew I didn't want to, I knew I wanted to create a business that like, regardless if I walked away for like a month or not, I could still make money, still kind of go without me, right? Um, I, I wanted to have a business that like at the end of it, I, I, I would finish up with the business and there was some kind of intrinsic value. There was some kind of asset there that I could sell, right? Um, and so I read a book. I read a book at that time, and it changed the course of my life. And it was—it's a book called "Built to Sell." Oh, you yeah. ever read that book? Absolutely, oh, tremendous book. Just I, tremendous book. It's great, isn't it? It is. And and it's easy to read. It's like it's like not you know it's it's like it's like I'm not a super intelligent guy, but it's like this is a storybook that teaches me lessons. And it's like, this is wonderful. This is just great. So anyway, every new entrepreneur that I meet, I have that, I recommend it, by the way, pick up this book, read it. But the idea is like, look, at the end of the day, like, like how you start matters an awful lot, like an awful, like what kind of business you start and how you start matters to the rest of your, rest of your career, rest of your entrepreneurial journey. And so, um, so I created this, I have this thing called my new venture checklist. And it's basically like, it, it, it's like a series of questions that I ask myself. I use it to this day. But when I was 21 years old, when I was 21 years old, I, I, I wrote it out. It's changed a little bit, but broadly speaking, it's still the same. But it's, it's, it's you know, the questions are things like, hey, like, like, does this align? Does this, running this business, owning this business, starting this business, does it align with the life I want to have, right? It, running this company or starting this company doesn't require me to sell things that I'm personally against, right? Morally or, you know, socially or whatever else. It's like those kind of questions. And so I looked at, I spent an entire year that, I mean, my family thought I was a failure. I'm, I'm quite certain. I mean, I did not have a job for a year. I bummed around for a year. And um, I looked at all these different business opportunities. And, um, and by the time I got to the end of it, I kind of had a pretty good idea of, of what I wanted to go into. And I, I was good in sales. Um, you know, I didn't want to have to, I, I didn't want to have to work on Sunday personally. It's a personal uh, thing, I, you know, for my family. Um, and so uh, I was like, well, you know, the billboard business looks attractive. Um, maybe I should, maybe I can, you know, maybe I can go buy some billboards. So I'm knocking on the public companies, you know, asking if they'll sell a couple of billboards to me or not. You know, and they're just like, get lost, kid. I'm 21, you know, get lost. It was a lot of get lost kids back in those days. My gosh, uh, as I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of your your uh, your viewership understands. <laughs> uh, so you know, I so this is a long explanation. So, but one thing led to another. We ended up, I ended up building my very first billboard. It took me six months to find the location, to lease the location, to build the location. It cost me three times more than it should have. I call that my I call that my dummy tax or my stupid tax. I've paid many, many, many stupid taxes. Um, and, uh, and by the time we got done, we, we, you know, I got it, uh, got it, got my first billboard. And then, and then over the next three to five years, you know, it's, um, 
it was an adventure to continue to build more locations and maybe we'll get into that later, but it was, uh, it was quite, quite the adventure, but that's how I got, that's how I got into the business I'm in now. And that's kind of the start of my entrepreneurial journey. So again, like I, 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 I was, I was born into it. You know, I had, didn't have much of a choice. It's like, you know, you're going to have to do this. So yeah. So that's a little bit about me. And so, yeah, good. I, I don't mind the long explanation. That's awesome. The story that you wove there is fantastic. I mean, six years old, sitting in a boardroom at a bank, with crayons, keeping notes, right? The other piece that, uh, you know, I mean, obviously we're we're a little bit different in age. So I'm a, a Gen Xer, you're a millennial. I, I don't uh, know, and, but maybe maybe an equally amount of gray hair. I, yeah, I, call, maybe, that wiz- maybe. I call that wisdom, you know? I, right. I pull that out sometimes. I'm like, you know, I, the gray hair says that we should do this thing. <laughs> yeah, so, so I will tell you though, when I was coming out of engineering school in the early 90s, we had the same problem, by the way. The economy wasn't great. Oh, it was hard to yeah, find jobs. Yeah. And uh, so the difference in our generation, which is one of the things I really admire about the millennial generation is my generation went and found jobs as bartenders and restaurant, you know, waiters and waitresses, because we were waiting our turn for the jobs to open up. The millennials have gone out and created their opportunities. And so that's a really great story to share with other entrepreneurs. And I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. I think disease are even more like, let me just go out and do what I want to do. And so uh, it's, it's kind of fun uh watching this happen um so so i'm excited i'm excited i think it's wonderful i think it's wonderful for people i think it's wonderful for our economy and our country i really do more people with more agency right the ability to kind of chart their own future and have resources to be able to spend on behalf of their families and communities i think is a wonderful thing i think it's exactly exactly for a lot of so, so I normally ask my my podcast uh, guests, you know, what was their spark that got them into entrepreneurship? We don't have to ask you that. Clearly, your dad just drug, put you in a headlock and drug you to the bank. I already answered it. I jumped forward. Sorry about that. That's <laughs> no, okay. It's okay. So, so go back through. You've been you're kind of a serial entrepreneur, right? You started a, a lot of different businesses. You're now doing the billboard business, and that's been kind of your mainstay. And sounds like it's your biggest business that you've run. But again, farming businesses, growing up, and things like that. Why don't you give us some common misconceptions of when when you start the business? Here's what it's going to be like, and then what really happens. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I like that a lot. You know, I think a lot of people think, oh, when you know, when I start my company, I will be the boss. When in reality, what what starting a company means is is yes, you have plenty of flexibility, you have plenty of money, plenty of all this stuff. But what it really means is is um yes, you have flexibility. You you can work you know, any 20 out of 24 hours you want to in the beginning, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's, it's just a lot of work. It's a lot. I, I, I will never forget. I'll never forget early on. I mean, Todd, you have to understand there are people who are like, you know, when they start a business, like they're well-capitalized and well-planned. Right. And, and then there's people who are like maybe a little less. And, and then there's, you know, kind of, kind of me down here. It was, I was a 21 year old kid. I had like to my name, I had made $60,000, total. That's, that's all I had to my name. And granted, I mean, that's more than most people. I understand. I had worked every single summer since I was 13 years old, you know, waking up at 5 a.m., uh, growing produce and selling it in the afternoons. That's what, I mean, that's, that's what we did. I worked like a dog to get that $60,000. Um, but, but, when you start out, I needed every dime I had to buy steel and concrete because that's billboards, right? They're just big signs. And so, so I could not hire anybody. And so I couldn't, I, but, 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 you know, when you think, oh, you couldn't hire anybody, you mean, oh, you couldn't hire, you know, like an employee. Uh-uh. No, I couldn't hire 
a a a uh, someone to put up the vinyls, right? So 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 I did that, right? Um, I couldn't hire a salesperson, so so I did that. I I I did not know of any designers, like people to design the billboard, so so I did that, right? Like it was just so so a, a day would look like waking up at like five six o'clock in the morning, doing the design stuff, doing the paperwork, and then going out, you know, dressing up in Justin's you know twenty one year old best clothes or whatever, knocking on doors. I had you know. Why don't you rent my sign? You know, it's wonderful. Um, and then, and then changing out of those clothes mid morning, uh, changing into my work clothes, going hanging a vinyl or, or you know, whatever it may be, you know, cutting down trees to, you know, tr- you know, billboard looks looks good. Uh, and then changing back into my nice clothes to go talk to a lander. I mean, it was just that was that was the light. That is the light. And if you think, it, I think a common misconception is I think a lot of people look. I am a I am a I am a blue collar slash like like mid American entrepreneur. I am not a Silicon Valley. I raise a hundred million dollars and go you know put it into the latest greatest you know tech startup, and I'm sitting here all day. That's not me. I you know that's not who I was. Um, I think my journey is probably much much more emblematic of most middle American kind of entrepreneurs. You you are you are. We in America, we in Middle America, we are gritty. We are hardworking. We will do what it takes to win. That's what it takes, right? That's what it is. And I, I don't think that's terribly, um, that's not publicized a lot. Like that, that, that kind of grittiness is not publicized a lot. Most of what you know, most of what you see on on TV and stuff now, um, or movies or shows, when it comes to entrepreneurs, it is that kind of glamorous. Oh, and then we. You know, I put it on the back of a napkin and they gave me $50 million and then we right. played ping pong for the next six months. Right. That that's not that's not what it is. So I, I think that's I think that is a major that's one of the major misconceptions. Um, and then I think the other misconceptions, this is this is entire. I don't you know, I'll throw this back to you. But like. I've seen this with so many young entrepreneurs, they start 50 different businesses. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so successful. And, you know, I've got all these different businesses, but none of them are making money. Very few of them are making money. You can you can. And this is this is this is a common thing I've seen with my friends who have businesses. They have six different companies and each of them making this much money. And what I always tell them, I say, look, like, you know, more companies is not always more success. I, You know, usually you're good at one, maybe two things. And that's about it. And so for me, for me, you know, I've started several companies but but the ones that have i've had like two or three who have re, that have really succeeded and almost every single person i know who is really wealthy not you know not kind of I mean really wealthy it's like i did i did one thing i did i did one thing and i did that over and over and over and over and over again and at the end of the day my company guess what we do we build small and medium-sized billboards and small and medium-sized communities for small and medium-sized companies. That's it. And like, like we were focused on 60 miles from my home. And then it, and then it was like, well, we can't build any more billboards. Maybe, maybe, maybe three hours. And then, okay, maybe the state of Ohio. And then it was like, well, we got this down. And I, it took me a long time to think through like, do we want to expand to Pennsylvania? Right. Do we want to expand to another state? And to me, it was all about focus, right? When you were an entrepreneur, there's this misconception you should be here and there. It, it, it's hard to figure out what is the most important thing and what to do most, but it is the most important thing you can do as a young entrepreneur, not, not young meaning young in age, but young as in like starting, right? Like when you're just starting, you have very limited resources, time, energy, money, very little. 
Um, and you have to focus on the things that are going to get you that that eighty percent of results, right? So that's that. Those are those are two. Those are two. There's there's many many more, but but those would be some. Oh, I love this, Justin. You're you're. I think we need to find some more energy for you. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's, that's I drink. Great. I drink in. I drink energy drinks like once or twice a year, and that's when I'm on stage. For it just focuses me, and I run up and down the stage and. I, I always tell people, I'm like, look, at least I'm not boring. You might not learn anything, but at least I'm not boring. <laughs> no, definitely not boring, Justin. Definitely not boring. And we're learning a lot. You don't, that's don't, good. don't beat yourself I, up. So that's good. So, uh, so okay. So you've been doing this a while. You've had a bunch of companies. You, you got your focus. Uh, you've talked about some misconceptions. So what are your biggest challenges today? You just talked about maybe one, which is expanding across the state territory. But where are you today? What are your biggest challenges? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Uh, we are, you know, we're, we're in 13 states right now. Um, we're going to add three or four more states in the next year. Uh, we we are in an industry. I mean, I mean, let me ask you a question. Like when you think of billboards, you think, boy, that's a boring industry. <laughs> like, like we get grouped in with like, with like, um, like radio and newspapers. When people think of us, they're like, oh yeah, billboards. And radio and 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 newspapers. It's like, please, please. I mean, please don't. I mean, it's fine. I guess keeps people out of my industry. But it's like, no. Besides online, we are the fastest growing form of advertising in the country. And the reason is, is because it works. Like yeah. billboards really work. And so it's like, look, you know, you think about the audiences, and it's like table, uh, a TV, cable, uh, newspapers, radio. Every one of those audiences is just shrinking, 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 right? Are people driving less or more than they've ever driven? Right. More, more, like way more. Um, and so, so you know, so that, that that's nice. But the nice part is like we are growing, expanding business, or expanding industry. The issue is, is the regulations in our industry are, are incredible. I mean, we have federal, state, and local regulations. That's all we do. So our specialty is we are really good at, at, at regulatory, we, we figure out regulations, we figure out how to work within them um, to be able to build new billboards. I would say, I would say, and I, I, I'm quite certain that this is a very common refrain that you hear, but um, it's people. At this point, you know, it's it's just people. We, we have gotten to the place where it's like, look, we, we, we know what we're doing, we have the systems to do what we're doing, and now we need great people to kind of, kind of perpetuate and continue and, and move those systems along. And so, you know, I, you know, I'll say this, my best people, some of my best people are, are just super, it doesn't matter where they go to college. They are super hardworking and they're smart and the rest of it, we can train. And so, you know, we're working on that. I've got, a, I got a program here. Uh, it's, um, it's called Atlas. It's a, it's a training program um, that we created. And I, I go speak at a bunch of colleges and then I recruit the best and brightest students um, to Atlas. And it's a, it's a 12 week long program during the summer, 20 to 30 year olds. Um, and I, I pay for the students to come pay for all their programming and stuff, but, but I want to train them not necessarily to work in my company, but, but how to be entrepreneurs, right. How to go. And so they read 24 books during the summer. They travel a bunch. They sit in all my meetings and that kind of thing. And, uh, my hope is most of them go start their own companies. Most of them go and kind of, uh, replenish, if you will, the small businesses of these small communities. But then maybe, just maybe, I'll be able to grab just a couple of them away for a year or two and be like, just, just come work with me, you know, uh, my executive assistant. You know, I, I, I stole him away from, from a defense contractor. You know, he was, he was an M&A for, he was, he, was, he was going and he was 
buying, you know, a uh, defense contractor company. So I said, I said, you, you know, you, you, you went from um, buying missiles and, and bombs to, to helping me with billboards. So I said, I, I, you know, I, I didn't know Ohio was that exciting, but we'll take it. So <laughs> it, it's fun. It's fun. And he's, he's had a good time and learned a lot. So, so to me, that's, to me, that that's wonderful. And, you know, it, we're in the position we got, we're, we're the country's third largest independent billboard, like family owned uh, billboard company and the country's probably eighth or ninth largest um, in uh, billboard company period. And so God is really blessed. God is really blessed. It's, it's been, it's been really cool. And, you know, it's, it's along with the, you know, you say you, you the challenges is I live taught in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Let me, so like, so like attracting talent's a little bit hard, but let me, so let me, you know, so people are like, oh yeah, I live in the middle of nowhere. It's like, where do you live? Oh, we live in Knoxville. I'm like, no, no, not, I don't think you understand. Yeah. That's not New York. It's not California. I get it. But like, let me explain where we live. So, so I, I, um, I believe in rootedness, right? I believe that like, that like, like place matters and that you should, when you find a place, you should dig in deep and this should be your place and you should know the people and the people know you and everything else. So, I I live um, a half a mile from my family farm, and my company's headquarters is a half a mile from from my family farm. So it's you know family farm here. I live here. You know the offices are here. The offices are in a hundred year old church building where the church had the church had closed numerous years ago, and we completely renovated. That's where I'm sitting right now. Um, it's a hundred year old, uh, church, but it's absolutely gorgeous, completely renovated the whole thing. We are, our church building is in a town with 78 houses and 150 people. That's, that's where we're at. So when I say we are in the middle of nowhere, we are in the middle of nowhere, but you know what the benefit is? And you know why you should move out to go, you should bring your business out here too. I'm excited. It's wonderful. Uh, the reason is, is the cost of living is really, really low one and two, there is no traffic. I mean, the worst traffic you're ever going to experience is like a combine going down the road in the fall. And, you know, you just sit there for a couple minutes. I'll be fine. We'll go into the field. It'll be great. But it is a wonderful place. It is a wonderful place to live. But, but again, it's uh, to recruit out here. You know, it's uh, when I tell people Starbucks is, is, is 30 minutes away, they start to get a little jitter. It's fine. It's fine. We'll get you coffee. Anyway, so that's, that's probably my biggest challenge. You know, I, I hate to say it this way, and I hope they're not listening to this podcast because I don't know that they consider themselves entrepreneurs today, but I kind of would be happy to be 30 minutes away from a Starbucks. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to be, be three minutes away from Betty's Coffee Shop with homemade pastries and real coffee, right? Laura, Laura's Diner. That, there you that's go. What's called. Laura, it's called Laura's Diner. And <laughs> let me tell you, I, I had I, my bankers, you know, they come in from Columbus, they come in from wherever, you know, we have, we have M&A groups come in and, you know, they'll come and I'm like, they're like, well, where are you going to, where are we going to go to lunch, Justin? So far, I'm like, don't worry about it. I got it. And we will go. And uh, you get, you get two chicken breasts, you get French fries, you get a salad, um, $6.99, $6.99. So I'll have, I'll have, I'll have seven or eight people there around this table and the bill will come out. It'll be $90 and they'll look at me and be like, where are we? I'm like, welcome to Mayberry. Welcome to Mayberry. <laughs> that's that's half the price of one Chipotle burrito these days, right? That's good. I know, yeah. I know, I know. It's it's wild. We live in we live in a dream world. <laughs>
Well, I, I'd so enjoy talking to you. This is great. So um, you've talked a lot about like some advice you gave some of our um, some folks out there, some entrepreneurs, like really focusing down on one thing and don't try to get too many things going. Otherwise, you get a lot of mediocre things going instead of one great thing. So I love that advice that you gave our folks. But one thing I'll ask you, you're already in, you said 13 states, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so could you give us a glimpse of the future plans? So what are you thinking yeah. about what's next for your entrepreneurial journey? I mean, you're in your thirties, which is still very young. So what are you thinking about next? All right. Great question. Okay. So let me, let me tell you a little bit, let me tell you why we're only in 13 states and why we'll ever probably only be in 17 states. Okay. Todd, let me ask you a question. Have you ever watched the movie Moneyball? Yes. Ah, good man. I love that movie. I love that movie. That movie changed my life. Okay. Like, like no doubt changed my life. The use of numbers in determining quality is everything that my company does. That's what we do. Okay. So we are able to find hidden gems that other people are not because of numerics. Okay. And that's, that's the principle of Moneyball, right? Is, is there's all these players that don't look good that are kind of weird and quirky and everything else, but their numbers are great, right? That's what we do for billboards. Okay. So we have three things. We have three things that we look at. We look at the regulatory scheme, right? If we can't, we, we, we need it to be kind of in a Goldilocks. We don't want it to be too good, right? Because if it's too loose, then there's too many billboards, right? And we don't want it to be too strict, but we can't build any. So it's kind of a Goldilocks phase right there, right? And so, so we look for regulations that are, that, are, that are tough but doable, right? So that's one, so regulations. And then the second one is competitive, right? How many billboards are in the market? Or, you know, are they full? Are they not full? What's the rate? All that kind of stuff. And then, and then, and then um, the third one is socioeconomic, right? Um, is this area growing? Is it not growing? Is it, you know, is it, is it, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we look at those three numbers and, and, and we, we, we look at each state and we have underneath those is about nine criteria under each one of those. And in each one of those, we give a score and that score corresponds to a certain grade, A, B, C, right? And then each location is graded on that, on that kind of numeric scale, if you will, right? And each market and each state is graded on that. And so we know there are 17 states in the country that we want to build it. That's it. That's the universe. That's the universe. That's it. That's all there is. Wow. So beyond that, beyond that. So for instance, uh, we're not in, um, we're not in Illinois. Would you say, would you, would you say it's competitive or would you say it's, I'll just tell you, it's regulatory. It's regulatory. Those people are a bunch of communists. No offense to your Illinois, you know, you know, your (laughs) Illinois uh, audience, but y'all are a bunch of communists. Uh, you know, and so, so each, you know, and then, and then, you know, some of the Carolinas have, have more competitive pressures, right? Too much competitive pressures. So we don't want to go there. So that's what we do. We just, we just look at our world and we just go, okay, how much, how much do we have left? Right. And then based upon, based upon how many States we want to be in, based upon how much regulations we have, um, or excuse me, how many locations that we've identified and how many locations we're signing, we can identify how much further into the future we can develop, right? Build new locations. And so it is It is right now, we have roughly um, right around 34 months left. That's it. We have 34 months left of, of leasing and then we'll pretty much be done. Like, like our system of, of, of leasing will pretty much be done. We'll be over. We, we might build for a couple more years after that as the permits come in and that sort of thing. But, but Max, we probably have five to seven years left I have a number in mind of where we're going to get to number of locations. And um, 
And, uh, you know, we'll get to that point. And then my, my goal is at that point is to do some acquisitions. So we're starting that process now. There's small companies that we're kind of pulling into ourselves. I would like to become the largest independent billboard company in the country, which is right around 9,500 billboard faces. So we're third there. You know, we're third there. We'll see. We'll get there. I'm hoping to get there in the next 10 years. Um, but in the meantime, in the meantime, you know, we're growing, we're, we're building all that, you know, Huntington will probably be my main thing. I'm going to, going to do some investing here, there, and a little bit of this and that, but for the most part, Huntington's my main thing. But, but, um, but Atlas is the thing that I, I really care about is the thing that I really want to do into the future. And, you know, it came from when I was in college and I was in college and I was this 20, 21 year old kid. And I was a fish out of the water the, the professors didn't know what to do with me. I didn't know what to do with me. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I felt like this racehorse that I, I had stuff to give, you know? And meanwhile, I'm writing papers and it just, it just was so hard. And I was just like, someone, someone needs to grab a hold of me and be like, look, racehorse, that's the direction. Like run in that direction. That's the way to go. And so um, I promised myself back then, I was like, if ever I get to the position where I have a company and I can train the next generation, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So last year was my first year. And I take six guys from all over the country and, um, and they call, and, and, you know, they're, it's uh it's, it's crazy. It's a crazy program, but, but they're here for 12 weeks. They sit on all my meetings. Like I said, they, they read 24 books. They write about 40 papers, including 10 business plans. Um, they're sitting in with my banker, asking him questions. Every Friday we talk for three hours. I read all their papers and make notes. And, you know, it's a little bit like the Cambridge model of education where it's, it's you read, you write, you debate. And then on top of that, they, they're experiencing a bunch of things and that's where they, and you know, my goal, my goal for the program is that, is that, and, and look, look, I don't know if you've experienced it. I'm not sure if you've seen this, but I have seen this all across America. There are small towns that are being 100% hollowed out yep. by large private equity companies in New York that can get cheaper money than we can. Right. Texas, et cetera. And they are rolling up every profitable small town business. And they're just rolling up into big corporations. And I look at that and I'm like, oh my gosh, like it, I, I call it the financialization of America, right? They, they cut the wages of everyone working at those companies by 25%. They, 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 there's no local decision-making for, for, you know, when the little league needs $50 for t-shirts, there's, there's no decision-maker there. Right. And so we're seeing just the hollowing out of America. We're seeing it's just these small towns. There's no, there's no very few big entrepreneurs with resources and assets and equity left to be able to go, you know what, young man, you want to go into this business? Sure. I'll write you your first check. You know, I'll give you your first $10,000 to go make it happen. Right. I'm seeing people who are in their sixties and seventies and eighties. They are selling their companies and they're going to Florida. And I think to myself, this, this is such a problem. And so for me, Atlas, it's called Atlas, is my way of going, look, I'm going to take the students. Those students who are 20 to 30 years old and they want to start businesses. And on their own, they would probably start their own companies, Todd. They probably do. But they might, they might get to that, that place where it's like, look, they have, they have a really great job that's bordering on a business, you know, that's paying them really well. They're at a million dollars in revenue. They're taking home 250 of it, but they are working like dogs. And you and I both know you can get to 500, depending on the business, a million just from hard work. Yep. But to get to 10 million, a hundred million dollars in sales, you can't work hard enough. You got to create the systems 
and you got to put them in place. And that's where it's like, like pick these areas. There's no lack of hardworking people. Right. There's lack of business skills. And so if I can help teach the business skills, we'll go from having, we'll go from having entrepreneurs who are at 500,000, a million dollars to having $10 million, a hundred million dollars. And when you have $10 million to a hundred million dollars, you're employing a good chunk of town, right? You're, 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 um, you're, you're investing in the local community, giving tons to nonprofits and, and you have agency, right? You are able to change your community. You don't like what's happening. You know, there's something unsavory that, you know, so, that opens up in a, in a business and, you know, your downtown little area or whatever else. You go to the building owner, you write your check and you say, get out, right? You can do that as a business, right? It's in, in a way, in a way, it's like, I look at it as like, um, uh, it's a wonderful life. Right with George Bailey, right, yep. right. It, 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 you know, it's a wonderful life. The beautiful story of that is Bedford Falls, right, would not be Bedford Falls. It would be Pottersville without George Bailey, kind of holding back, you know, kind of the the um, onslaught of, of evil. And and so as business owners, we can become that, right. So anyway, I'm training. I that would be my encouragement to all the people watching this who are entrepreneurs. Like that's part of your job. You have a responsibility to your community, right. And, and for the young guys out there, I would look at a man who's watching this. I'd be like, look, that's what you have to become, right? You are going to be the one who's going to become that, that absolute oak tree in your community under which, you know, families, under which churches and nonprofits and everything else thrive, right? That's the beautiful part. That's what you should become. So anyway, so that's what's next. I want to continue to invest into young men like this, continue to grow my company and, and care for my community. So that's, that's my plan. Love that, Justin. I love that. And, and it's interesting. You've gotten to a phase where you're like, I want to give back. And that's what I want to do in my next life, yep. so to speak, which is awesome. I'm 34. I'm hoping, just hoping if I can make it to 84, I'll have 50 classes, 50 classes of Atlas students. And if I do six to 12 a year, that would be somewhere between, you know, 300 and, and, and you know, uh, uh, you know, 400 or something. Yeah, if yeah, I yeah. could have, if, if a half of them start businesses, That'd be 200 businesses that would change, you know, thousands and thousands of lives. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see if I make it, you know? Yeah, no, I love it, Justin. And, and I love all the things you're talking about. You're right. I mean, I, I truly believe that small business drives the American economy. And if they stop popping up, we're going to, we're going to have a significant problem in our country. And you're 100% right. Um, so, so, Hey man, I, I gotta, we, this, this could go on. I feel like we could talk for hours, <laughs> but uh, I have to cut it off at some point. So I'm going to, I'm going to thank you. I really appreciate you joining us and giving us the time you gave us today, Justin. So it was great meeting you. Thank you for yeah. having me. Yeah. Congratulations on the awesome journey that you've got. I love hearing about the stories about Atlas. So we'll make sure that we put something about that in the podcast about Atlas. Thank you. And uh, yeah, to everybody watching and listening, if you've got a college kid right now, you should find Justin and send him to send him Come to on. real school. Send me your best. It'll That's be great. Right. Thanks again, Justin. Have, have a Thanks. great week. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate it.